Hello, readers. Welcome to 20 Questions with Your Favorite Author, where we ask authors important questions like, why would you agree to be on this podcast? I'm Kelly Lynn Colby, Editorial Director at Cursed Dragon Ship Publishing. Our guest this week is Frank Morin, fantasy thriller writer and outdoor enthusiast. Frank is a storyteller and an eager traveler. He's the author of Fast-Paced, Grab-You-By-The-Eyeballs and Don't-Let-Go Adventures, full of explosive magic, huge adventure, and brilliant humor. If he's not your favorite now, he will be after. Welcome, Frank. Welcome. Hi there. Thank you. Happy to be with you today. Yes. Thank you for filling in last minute. I couldn't have been luckier to get you on here. Hey, you have to fight to get into this podcast, so I can make it. <laughs> I'm so glad to have you. You know, I love that you categorize your work as contemporary fantasy thrillers. Like, it completely sums them up so well. Like, how did you coin that phrase? Um, by failing at a whole lot of other ones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so like life. Uh, okay, I got it. Yeah, yeah so I'm a, I'm a, I consider myself a pretty decent writer. Um mm-hmm probably better than at least 5% of the people out there. And, uh, but uh, so I've got two series. I've got my, my petrolist epic young, young adult epic fantasy. And then my face takers, um, I have called several different things and mm-hmm. the readers are like, yeah, that's not exactly what it is. Um, <laughs> this is a pretty unique story. So right. uh, I now have the term contemporary fantasy thriller. And throw in other stuff that people are like, well, that sounds interesting, rather than, oh, you're a hack. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, they don't take you seriously if you don't know what category to put it in, do they? That's right. Yeah. So I'm I'm extremely skilled and experienced in miscategorizing some of my work. Um, so when you talk with people who are good at marketing and they're like, do all of these things, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't do those. I'm trying to. Or if they say, don't make all of these mistakes, I'm like, yeah, I can tell you by experience. On pretty much every one of those that don't do that. Um, they're right. It doesn't work. <laughs> like it's just not working. Yeah. Um, you know, but sometimes you just got to write the next book. You don't have any more time <laughs> to do that That's research, right. you know? That's yeah. what I tell myself. Marketing mm-hmm. is for, you know, for hacks. I'm going to go write another book. Just going to go write a book. That's who cares right. if I'm the only one who likes it um, right. or who finds it, not likes it, right? It's the finding that's the problem, not the liking, because mm-hmm. you are mm-hmm. actually quite a talented writer. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you. Um, I do have some fans and that's great. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Mm -hmm. trying to get the word out to the other ones and it's a journey. That's for sure. For sure. Biggest challenge as far as I'm concerned. Um, so how long did it take you to write your first book? (laughs) Um, (laughs) my first written book or my first published book? Let's go written. Okay. So I first started writing about 17 years ago, honestly, when I was a kid, I wanted to write, and then I mm-hmm. I realized in college I wanted a job where I could actually get paid, um, <laughs> where you could pay your bills, yeah. Where I could you know know that I had an income, and then right. about 17 years ago, uh, roughly, I got the writing bug again, and I was like, I got to do this. So I sat down. My wife was out of town with the youngest, and my other kids didn't eat much that weekend, and I wrote like. <laughs> 50 or 60 pages in one weekend. Oh, wow. I, now that's passion home. right there. Yeah, my wife got home and mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to write a book. And she's like, oh, really? <laughs> she's like, okay, and, dear. <laughs> and so since then, she has come to realize I was serious. Yeah. Um, quite a few books in. That's and 
I actually spent four years writing my first book. It was an enormous 300,000 word epic fantasy monstrosity that was going to change the world, which of course it didn't. Um, I eventually became a good enough writer to understand all the reasons why. Why it didn't awesome work, right? <laughs> wouldn't work for anyone but me. Yep. So I spent a year and a half rewriting it into a 200,000 word short novel. <laughs> and um, it actually spent several years uh, being looked at by some traditional publishers who all ended up saying, this is amazing. We love it. Uh, but no. So uh, that one is still out there. I haven't actually released it yet. I get the first two in that series done. It's kind of classic epic fantasy with wizards and heroes and, you know, evil villains and the fun stuff. So awesome. Love mm -hmm. that story. Mm -hmm. uh, but in the meantime, I started writing my young adult stories, mm -hmm. uh, The Petrolist and uh, my face taker stories mm -hmm. uh, and uh, eventually said, you know, I'm going to jump into this uh, self-publishing bandwagon. It was about five or six years ago I started doing that. And uh, my very first book, I put it out there and didn't tell anybody, you know, just slipped it out there just to make sure no one would notice. And surprisingly, <laughs> nobody noticed. Who knew? <laughs> it's funny how that works. So I've gotten a little better at marketing since then uh -huh. and uh, better at writing. And I've got two completed series now um, mm -hmm. in the last five or six years. I've released like 15 novels, I think, and a few short stories. And they're big novels. I mean, if I was smarter, again, I would have broken these 250,000 word novels, some of them, into three different books. And I'd have a series of 30 books instead of 10, you know. Um, but I like a big fat epic fantasy, you know, I'm a, and you're I'm not the only one. Yeah. I'm a fan of Robert Jordan and Brandon Sanderson and, you know, mm -hmm. the ones that you can throw at a tank and the tank kind of breaks. Um, those <laughs> are the books that side. I like. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, they're, they're fun and they're huge and there's, you know, tons of plot and tons of characters and cool magic. And mm. that's what I do. So much fun. Well, so as you talked about your journey, is there something you do differently now than when you first started writing? Oh, sure. Um, mm -hmm. When I first started, I think I started like a lot of people who were mm -hmm. pantsers, you know, just kind of writing into the fog to see where it goes. And then every 50 pages, you're like, oh, wait a minute. If I did this, that would work better. So you this go would be cool. rewrite, you go rewrite, you know, the first 100 pages. Then you're talking 50 and you're like... <laughs> Oh, wait, let's go rewrite. Yeah, that's why my first book took four years. Yeah. I'm determined, but not necessarily smart in those ways. So now I try to plot enough so that I don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. um, although Just I am, minor surprises instead of full rewrites, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I am still, I call myself the king of rewrites because some of my books, you know, they're big and they're huge and they're complex. And so you start mm -hmm. making changes. Um, it can get pretty wild sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I like to put in the time to do the rewrites and the edits so that the books reach their full potential. Um, I don't know about you, but I read enough books that were almost great. Right. And I've always found that heartbreaking because you see people have put in all this work, but they didn't, you know, we get impatient as writers. We want to throw it out there and be like, look, I got it done. Right. Um, but when you throw it out there at 90%, uh, it's, 
almost good. And that's that's mm-hmm. kind of the worst thing I think you could say, tell you, say about a book because it's like yeah. if you put in that other five percent, be great. So I don't want anyone to say my books are almost good. Either tell me they're <laughs> awesome or tell me I'm a hack and it's terrible. And I know that you have no taste. And that's One okay. way or another, you want people to feel passionately about it. That's right. <laughs> That's right. All my books have passion with them and uh, go buy a few more. That's all you got to do. That's right. It's funny how many people be like, oh, this book was horrible. And the third book, I'm like, well, why'd you keep it? It could not have been that horrible if you're now on the third book, you know? If you hate my books and keep buying them, please email me about every single one. It's all good. My kids got to go to college, right? (laughs) That's right. That's right. Um, So, I, I will have to say, I, I'm glad that you feel for this passion uh, because you do like to torture your poor characters. Of course. Oh my gosh. Let's see. So set in stone, just so not even talking about the beginning of the book, just the back cover copy where you have <laughs> your main character is cursed and must find a patron before his 16th birthday or he'll be executed. And yeah. the book starts the day before his 16th birthday. I mean, yeah. that alone... I do. Why, why, why do you hate your characters? What, what's this? I love my characters, <laughs> you know, but I don't know about you. I have kids and you try uh-huh. to teach them about procrastination and how that's a bad thing. Oh. Sometimes you got to learn the lesson the hard way. Yeah, literally the hard way. <laughs> really, 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 really hard way. Um, but that series, despite all of those challenges, actually there's a lot of humor in it um, and a lot of serious stuff. There's mm-hmm. that whole, you know, if he leaves, everyone he loves will die, probably. If he stays, he'll probably be executed. And some days are just like that. So <laughs> it's a great, huge cast of characters, four main point of view characters in that book. Um, Connor, his friend Hamish, who has a habit of sucking on rocks. The whole I mean, who does locking. it? Yeah, it mm-hmm. unlocks an ancient power not seen in generations. Uh, their friend Jean is the local healer. She's got no magic, but she's the smartest person anybody knows. And then Verena is one of the invaders, and she has a bag of tricks that can stop entire armies. So they're the four nice. main characters that get thrown into these crazy adventures together, kind of learning, you know, who they are and what they can do and what's really going on in the world. Kind of a classic coming-of-age, epic, young adult fantasy. My favorite stories, hands Super down. Super fun. Super mm-hmm. fun. I love them. I love them. I love them. Um, Og wants to know, oh, he's got a very, very important question. He wants to know if your hat is actually leather. It is. You called it, Og. It is leather. Look at that, baby. Yeah. I like I like a good hat. And uh, I tend to wear my, uh, my hiking hat is uh, fabric and uh, is made in Canada. So it actually floats if you fall in the river, um, things like that. Uh, but... When I'm not outside on the trail sweating and everything, I prefer this hat. I got a bunch of different big hats, but this is my current favorite. It's pretty sweet. I love it. I like it. Looks nice. Looks nice. Um, let's Thanks see. Thanks for noticing it. Uh, it makes me feel good. See? Well, it's become kind of part of your author persona, right? Like, do you Absolutely. ever go anywhere as an author without one of the hats? No. No, right? Like, that's part of. Because mm-hmm. people are like, I know you were coming, so I was just looking for the hat. <laughs> And it was funny. I, like I went to I went to LTUE this uh, back in February, mm-hmm. and I uh, was talking with Dan Wells. I don't know if you don't know Dan Wells, but he's awesome. Met him at Superstars, right? Yeah. That's right. The mm-hmm. uh, I am not a serial killer 
author, mm-hmm. among many other yep, things. Read that one. Mm-hmm. And he's also a hat guy, uh, cool hat. And he was joking. He's like, Frank, I got to come up with a different look, like a beret or something, because you got that cool hat on and you're making my hat feel jealous. And I was like, <laughs> he's like, your hat's cooler than mine. It's not fair. It was pretty funny. So I was like, no, your hat's awesome, dude. In fact, <laughs> I would be happy to take it. Um, <laughs> Can you sign it to you? Thanks. That'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I totally buy him a beret and swap it and uh, call it good. But yeah, he's got a good hat too. He actually, I think he went to Germany when he was pretty new and uh, he had his big hat and that ended up being a big selling point because everyone was like, let's go meet the crazy American cowboy, you know? (laughs) So I haven't had that experience yet, but I'm hoping to go somewhere and have that happen and say about the hat. We really want to go to the Frankfurt um, Book Festival. That's on our wish list. Right? Yeah, it's on our wish list. So that that would be that's probably what Dan went to. I'm gonna guess. Yeah. Yeah. I've been many places, but mm-hmm. not there yet. Yep, that would be fun. Um, I want you to know that the audience is agreeing. Uh, Og says that he wanted to kill his kids when they were 16 too. Were they <laughs> cursed, Og? Were they cursed? They were cursed with your genes and your sense of humor. Okay. See, that's your fault. So the question you'd have to start asking people is, if you could curse your kids, what would you curse them with? Oh. And usually you don't want to answer that out loud because. That might come up in court someday. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, let's face it, we're writers. If we were going to curse our kids, it would be very creative. Oh, yes, absolutely. It would be a creative curse. And I'd actually have to think about that. I was on one panel, I think it's Salt Lake, Vanex, talking about uh, all the reasons why we're probably on different government watch lists because of different Google searches we do (laughs) about, you know. Mm -hmm. Pretty awesome. How do you remove blood out of a trunk? Or, yeah. So you get How? that dark SUV driving by once a week. I just wave now. It's okay. You're like, yep, I'm at my desk. Same, yep. same. I'm still here. Yep. So yep. You can tell I never leave the house that. enough to kill anyone. Sorry, don't have the time. I'm too busy writing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with everything listening to us now, too. I mean, holy moly. Yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine. I was going to write a book about that, but uh, reality got there first. Ah, uh, I'm sure there's still a lot in there. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. So with my other series, my face takers, my contemporary fantasy thrillers, that's mm-hmm. one though they start going, it starts in the near future, and they start going back into history through the memories of some people who have been living for thousands of years. Ooh. And it's awesome. So you get some cool mixture of history and technology and almost a matrix effects in places and Pretty awesome stuff. So is that your new series you're working on? No, that's the one. That, that one's also finished. That's the Face Takers, which is... Uh, oh, so that's where it goes. I actually had a question about that. Because I was so thrilled. The beginning... So the first book, it reminds me of Dollhouse by Joss Whedon. Do you remember that TV uh-huh. show he had? Right? Yeah. So the TV show... And the problem is it only lasts like six episodes. It wasn't really because right. it was bad. It's really because it had nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. It's like once you take down the company, well, that's it now. What do you do now? So you take down the company in book one yeah. for your your face taker series. So I'm wondering, so where did you go from there? Like what what was the continuous journey? Well, the cool thing is book one, Saving Face, is Sarah. Mm-hmm. Sarah's the main character. That's kind of her journey. Mm-hmm. Um, she starts working for this company where body renting is possible. And it's this great technology, but it turns out there's some deeper, darker secrets in there. Mm-hmm. Um and she, her body gets scheduled to be sold. Hmm. So that's kind of a problem. 
Yeah, I don't and think that's fair. So while she's fighting to escape with body and soul intact before becoming the ultimate orphan um, with no body at all, she gets a glimpse into what's really going on and has a clash with these dark forces that are controlling things behind the scenes. So the company is a front for some much darker things. Mm-hmm. And as you get into Memory Hunter, which is the next book, she gets drawn into this secret war between these shadowy groups that have been around for millennia, Mm -hmm. uh, kind of controlling things in the shadows. And they have these powers based on the human soul. And their war kind of comes into this new, uh, kind of this new battleground, which is history. So they found this way to couple technology and magic to go back into history because one group is looking to steal power from history to reshape the future. Interesting. So in Memory Hunter, they end up at the fall of Berlin, World War II, mm-hmm. as all this is coming out and they're figuring out what's going on. And in the next two, they go back all through the history of Rome and then all the way back to ancient China and ancient Egypt in Aeon Champion. Wow where they're kind of digging out the roots of this conspiracy that's been thousands of years in the making. How fun! So if you so like, like a lot these... of action and a lot of guns and monsters and a lot of history and cool thriller uh, pacing and stuff, it's a great series. I don't See, now that sounds like an excuse to get lost in, yeah. like, Wikipedia. Like, did you ever, like, go to research Whoa. something? You know, like, you were like, I, I just need to know who the emperor was. And yeah, suddenly, you know, like, all about ancient language. Like, what d- did you get lost when you were researching? Oh yeah, I uh, I have to leave breadcrumbs behind when I go into Wikipedia now. <laughs> it's uh, it's crazy, <laughs> you know. So my wife is like, "You're back, huh? I thought you were gone. You know, at a, a business trip for a week." It's like, no, it was you know that Wikipedia thing. It just black hole, uh, um, yeah. leading me to other things. But let me so tell you all really the useless talk. things I know now. <laughs> I know a lot of useless things. Let me tell you. Um, me too. <laughs> so that's super fun. You know, in each book, I did enormous amounts of research. Uh-huh. Uh, we actually traveled a fair bit doing research. Uh, we traveled to uh, Italy to go to Rome and other places. We went through, um, went to Florence and we went to Tuscany. And there's a little country inside of Italy that's not the Vatican. It's called San Marino. It's this little tiny country. It's like 20 square miles up on this beautiful little hill with this gorgeous castle. So we went to San Marino because they set a whole a whole uh, series of scenes in San Marino. And uh, we went to Egypt and we went to China. Did you go to Giza? I didn't make it to Giza. Oh, I need to see that. That is on my bucket list. We, uh, we went, actually went all through. Maybe I did go to Giza. Or, it's where the pyramids um, are. Yeah, actually, we did. I was thinking of different Giza. Sorry. If there's a different Giza. I don't know. <laughs> Who um, knows? I'm a little yeah. obsessed. So, if yeah. you're going to go to Egypt, you, uh, you see Egypt on the river cruises because their roads are terrible. Yeah. So the only really way to see Egypt is you go on this river cruise. Mm-hmm. And so at night, it floats down to the next stop. And during the day, you take these guided tours and stuff to different temples and historical sites and, and things like that. And we ended up in the pyramids. Um, we took a camel ride around the pyramids and stuff. Oh, Super fun. fun. <laughs> and the guy who was, who was telling us about the pyramids uh-huh. um, used to, like, run the Egyptian Museum of History or something. 
but they like wouldn't pay his wages. So he's like, yeah, I'm going to be a tour guide and get tips. <laughs> so it's like one of the guys who was like a leading historian and Egyptologist mm-hmm. was walking us around the pyramids, telling us about him. So unbelievable, super fun. That is so cool. It was incredible. That's nice. Yeah, no, I, I, I've been obsessed. That's the first thing I ever wrote about when I was 18. Never awesome. finished it, obviously. I was 18. Um, but the uh, <laughs> I didn't really know you could do this for a living. I don't know why. I read a bazillion books. You think I would have figured out somebody did that for a living. But no, that's the first yeah. thing I wrote about. Yep. I was obsessed. Um Mystic, which is Tara, you should know Tara. Um, she has she says Wikipedia is going down the rabbit hole. And yes, yes, mm-hmm. it is. That's right. I always come up with more ideas than I have any possibility of finishing. It's like the what's what's the writer equivalent to the to be read pile? Like, you know, the to be written pile? I don't know. We've yeah. got right, we've got, got both it. impressive piles. I've got files and files. Sorry, my dog ran in behind me. That's um, all good. Animals increase viewage. No, we're good. Animals are fine. This is positive for streaming. Mm. Well, one, he's our little dog who uh, had to have his leg amputated a couple weeks ago. Oh, a couple yeah, weeks ago? Well, he's doing good if he's scurrying out there behind you. He's moving around. Toby. I don't know if you can see him over Toby. there. Oh, hi, handsome. Toby. He's like, what? He's like, what? He's what are you talking cute. about? He's super cute. But, he uh, is super cute. He, uh, yeah, he's up and about quite a bit. He gets all depressed when we have to put his cone on because he, you know, gnaws at the at the uh, scar and stuff. And you put Aww. it on, you just get a flops, and he's like, "Life isn't worth living." <laughs> and then you take the cone off, and he jumps up, and he's like, "You know, let's go." Outside. He's like, "I'm happy again." <laughs> uh-huh. So funny. Oh, that's but, awesome. Uh, yeah, he's he's recovering well. That's pretty cool, sweet baby. Yeah, our our puppy no longer a puppy but she's not old to have she's she's eight so she should have a few good more years in her but she has busted out both of her her acls and her back oh, legs no. she has busted her hips now are out because she was favoring them because the acls and i'm just like so we're just doing the best we can to limper along um but she was so nimble so i guess she was so nimble that she just you know like That's any cool. athlete would she just mm-hmm. wore them out That's hard. I know. So it's very tough because she's her brain is perfect, right? Like she follows you around. You can see her ears mm-hmm. moving and she wants to come get to the door and she can't anymore. And yeah, poor baby, That's hard. It's, it's hard when they're suffering. You know, it's like they yeah. shouldn't suffer. Yeah, I agree. hundred percent. I agree. But but he's getting there and Good. Uh, he's a nimble Good. little dog. So I think he'll be mm-hmm. fine. Yeah, they're so they're very adaptive. They definitely are. That's for sure. I'm like, if I hurt as bad as she probably hurts, I would be complaining a lot more than she does. <laughs> She's a saint. This Absolutely. Uh huh. Yeah, we're wimps. Humans are the wimps. But um, yes, now I'm I'm like stuck on Egypt and stuff. That's so much fun and so clever too. It was fun, and then we went to China as well and oh. saw the Forbidden City and. It's funny, we landed in China, and our first day was going to see the Forbidden City, and mm-hmm. it was beautiful blue skies, and, you know, we're like, this is great, and our tour guide was like, you guys have no idea how unusual this is, and eventually, a couple of days later, when all the smog came back, uh, uh, because we had landed right after a big winter storm, and it had blown all the smog. That washed everything away. Uh... When it came back, and the and the air quality jumped up to, like, 500, um, mm. 
mm. articles per, you know, whatever. Whatever it is. Uh-huh. We're like, yeah, this is horrible. Um, so, but we had a great first day um, mm-hmm. in Beijing. It was amazing. And we went to the the wall and we went to the, to see the terracotta warriors and all of that stuff. And, you know, you do all this research and you've got, you know, a hundred pages of research and you can put like a page and a half into the book. Um, you just kind of sprinkle what you can in there. Right. Um, yeah. I wish I could put a lot more in, but mm-hmm. you don't want to turn it into a historical treatise, you know, unfortunately. <laughs> I got I should probably write one of those, except I have no credentials at all. So it'd be fun. <laughs> um <laughs> well, you lose the thriller part if you bog us down with backstory, okay. right? You know, so but history it's is balance. crazier than anything I could write. That's also true. That's also true. And not until I started writing did I realize how true that statement is, the one mm-hmm. where reality is crazier than fiction. Yeah, and I'm like, how is that possible? Fiction right. But you sense. write things. Things happen in mm-hmm. real life. You're like, if I wrote that, no one would believe it. No. You know, they would not, they would be like, you can't write that. That's nonsense. You know, I've told people you can't write that. I'm sorry. I know it could probably happen, but nobody's going to believe this. It doesn't work with this character. Right. And so it's funny how real that becomes once you actually start writing. But at the same, yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, you can do some really fun stuff with your characters Mm -hmm. that is so far out there, but as long as it's consistent within the story Mm -hmm. and it makes sense within the story, then you can totally do it. Then you can make it work. Like mm-hmm. my Petrolist books, mm-hmm. um, one of my main characters, Hamish, starts off as mostly a sidekick, kind of mm-hmm. the funny sidekick. Mm-hmm. He's gangly and he falls a lot and he's clumsy. And eats rocks, but apparently. But he's developed that clumsiness to an art, right? Oh. And he's the one who's always chewing on things or eating mm-hmm. something, including rocks. Mm-hmm. Um, but his love for food ends up growing to the point where he becomes like an internationally renowned like food diplomat and he's like creating um you know uh agreements between nations based on sharing recipe books and stuff like that and it's super funny but and it's totally totally consistent for his character oh yeah if you're obsessed with taste and stuff it makes sense you'd be an amazing chef yeah so it's uh it's kind of one of those things that we just play with through the whole series and it just, it never gets old because everybody likes food. And well, uh, you know what? It makes sense to me now too. Cause remember when I asked the question about you torturing, you know, your characters, which means torturing us by the way, cause we like them we bond with them and now we're being tortured. Mm-hmm. But sure. so you have that other stuff in there, right. To make it a little more bearable to, you know, you have something else happening to balance it out, which is vital. Oh, yeah. That's why I can't, I, grim dark isn't much for me. I need that other leavening agent uh, since we're talking about cooking to, to actually help me get through it. So that sounds like you have a really nice balance going on. Yeah. My stories, uh, you know, my face takers are probably a little darker because it's more adult oriented. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a lot of adults who love reading the Petrolist because Mm -hmm. it is a, a fun, epic story where the characters do go through some amazingly crazy and horrific things, Mm -hmm. but at heart, I'm an optimist. So at some point, at least one of my characters is going to crawl out of the woods and probably, you know, survive. And make it. They're going to make it. Well, you know, speaking of crawling out of the woods, Friday Blue wants to know, which character would you like to take you for a tour in their home? Like, who would you go with on a tour of their world? That's a Mm -hmm. great question. That is a really Um, good question. 
And I could probably pick half a dozen of my characters <laughs> I would love to go hang out with. Because I hang out How with them all got, the time. How long you got, Jenny? How long you got? <laughs> you know, these are these are all my my friends. You know, um, right? They don't let me outside much. You know, and uh, so my wife, when she gets home, she's like, "You're by yourself all day. Are you bored?" It's like, "No, we're having a party." Um, <laughs> you know, this guy kind of got beat up, but you know, we're working through it. He's got some issues, but you know, me and all my friends, we uh, we go all over the place together. But to answer the question, uh-huh. in the Face Takers, um, in the in the Face Taker series, I'd say there's this really cool guy named Gregorios who's been around a very long time. Name. It's a yeah. great name, mm-hmm. and he is super boss. So you think about that that guy who's been around the block and he just knows mm-hmm. how to deal with stuff. Mm-hmm. He's that guy, and you want to nice. be his friend because you don't want to be his enemy. <laughs> but he's got some stories to tell that didn't even make it in the book and and hanging out with him would be amazing but uh he actually started that series he's not the main character because you know your main character has to be the character that grows the most that right. draw the reader through the world Gregorio's the one who's been already there. been there and done that yeah he's been there and he's done that you mm-hmm. know six times mm-hmm. and then done it again um <laughs> So he's one of the mentor characters, mm-hmm. which is super fun. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he goes through some of his own challenges, but he's that, you know, that guy who has the answers sort of thing. Um, but he actually started the whole series because I had this freaky dream a few years ago. Mm-hmm. This was a series that started with a dream about this guy who was trying to save his wife. And to do so, he had to extract her soul from her body and put it in a different body. Turned out he could go around and remove a human soul by pulling their face off. And their soul would come with the face, kind of like, you know, and then you could put that on another body. Hence, the series is called The Face Takers. What a great idea to wake up with. So I woke up and I was like, either I'm going to have like emotional scars and need like counseling, or I better write this down. Or both. (laughs) I haven't haven't admitted any counseling yet, but... um, I keep tabling that. That's right. So that Later. became that became the start of the face takers. But as I went into it, I'm like, and he became developed. I'm like, this guy is awesome. Um, one of my sons, that's his favorite character of mine of all time. He's like, Gregorios, yeah. Um, super fun. But then I developed the character, kind of Sarah stepped into the picture um, and kind of got sucked into their world and has her own, you know, things to, to share. Uh, but she's the one who's the newbie trying to figure out what the heck's going on because all this stuff is, you know, hidden from normal people. But she has, you know, kind of crashes into that secret world head on and uh, is trying to survive. So it gets pretty intense. That's awesome. So let's see. Tweep X wants to know, have you ever had a fan guess the ending to a book or a series? No. And if so, how do you feel about it? I never have. And either they don't tell me because they're depressed and, you know, drowning themselves in ice cream and bacon or something. Or, <laughs> or they feel smart and they're good. <laughs> or they feel smart and they, they just aren't going to tell me. But I have had a lot of people tell me, uh, and in their reviews you can see uh, their comments are consistently, tons of twists and turns, did not see that coming. Nice. So... There you go, Tweep. Multiple, ta- multiple times I've written 
my characters to, into a point where I, mm-hmm. I kind of sat back and said, they're dead. They're just <laughs> all um, I need to take a walk and, you know, buy some caskets because this is over. Um, <laughs> like, I can't solve then, this problem. I've trapped them in. Luckily, my character is a lot smarter than I am. So and you have they, more eventually time. Find, they eventually find ways to figure it out. That's good. That's good. I like that. I like that. And we have time to think about it where they have to do it immediately. Yes. So if anyone reads my books and you figure out the ending, mm-hmm. um, definitely let me know. That would be cool. Because I probably want to hire you as a consultant. That's right. <laughs> I need you to go through these books. Thanks, man. That's right. Let's see. Tara wants to know, um, since you hike, do you like to dictate your books like uh, KJA does? I do, actually. And he uh, inspired me to do that. Um, my last several books have been dictated for the first draft. Of course, I have to go in and manually type in everything for editing. Mm-hmm. But uh, when I first started dictating, it was painfully terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, I That's what I'm afraid of. And then I listened yeah. to it and I was just like, I need to delete this right now. If this ever came out, you know, I would lose all credibility as a writer forever. Um, So it took a little while to develop the skills. Mm -hmm. And since I write big books, um, I don't have a transcriptionist because I have to pay a couple thousand bucks a book to have them type all this stuff. So I dictate and I dictate the punctuation and everything. And then I have Dragon... Uh, software transcribe it for me. Do the best it can. Mm-hmm. And sometimes as I go through a series, it gets better and better and better. Oh, good. But I you still have to go it. through. It gets trained. I still have to go through and make edits, but that allows me to do kind of a first pass edit. Um, and the result is actually pretty solid. Nice. Uh, my new book that I'm working on, mm-hmm. Dragon hasn't really trained itself well yet. So mm-hmm. it's kind of painful at this point. Going through the editing is like, really? You get that wrong? Um, You're like, again? So I spelled gonna, it for you. <laughs> we're going to renegotiate Dragon's uh, online privileges or something because right. it's not living up to its part of the bargain. Well, I found that it should be getting paid thousands of dollars, and now it feels cheated. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's getting lazy, I think. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's like, haha, you new... need me now. You're dependent so on me. Like, you know, my new book is totally different world, different character names, and they're all bizarre names. My new series is a humorous epic fantasy. Uh, Yay! Set in a really fun world. These are my favorite. And uh, all my characters have, their names are kind of nuts, honestly. Um, and we're having fun with the naming things, which is cool. So my working title is Almost Heroes. Okay, okay. Like and it. the magic system in the world is based on the food pyramid. Which is awesome. So our main character, he's a bacon master. He can channel the power of bacon to make himself awesome and <laughs> almost indestructible because bacon makes everything better. That's right. That's right. Uh, his name is Wimple Dillskin. And, uh, <laughs> so, so shouldn't it be pickles? I mean, I'm confused. <laughs> he's, a, he's an amazing, amazing uh, bacon master, but he faints at the sight of blood. So he's got an issue. Um, so he's not slaughtering world, his own pigs in this world the apocalypse is coming and it's been coming for quite a few generations but there's been a whole team assembled to stop the apocalypse in every generation and uh... they're known as the reapers of the apocalypse
apocalypse and their super boss and this this whole process would they stop the apocalypse mm -hmm. and it's coming again mm -hmm. but the current team is sidelined by some malicious uh contract negotiations and we need new heroes like right now and <laughs> what we get are almost heroes so wimple and his team get dropped into this crazy adventure uh that they're totally unprepared for <laughs> So there's a, uh, a meat mage who can prepare meats to slowly channel the abilities of the animals that the meats come from. So generally, the powerful meat majors are pulling from, you know, predator meats like lions and, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. But she's from a family that's been ostracized for various reasons. So she's only ever been allowed to work with chicken. <laughs> hey, those things are mean. So, you know, you could so, definitely use some of those powers. So there may be some cool stuff that she can do. Mm -hmm. um, when she's surprised, she may try to just shove children under her jacket. I don't know. There's some <laughs> things that she has to figure out. Um, <laughs> so, I've never seen a chicken do that. I don't know. Yeah. Is that a thing? So it's a thing, I think, that just protecting oh. the, the young, I guess. That's what <laughs> I hear anyway. I haven't met a chicken before, so we're working on that. My Wikipedia. mom raises chickens. We, we can uh, arrange a visit. We might have to. Oh, Og um, wants to know if there's a Scotch mage, because now he's on board. Oh, we haven't gotten a Scotch mage yet. There is a coffee wizard, though. Oh. And that's a that's a dwarf, but in order to do his craftsmanship, he has to drink a lot of coffee, and he gets the shakes, so he can only work with origami. <laughs> so he has some issues. Um, we have a shovel knight named Noops, and... Uh, He's incredibly boss warrior who uses a uh, a long handled shovel and uh, pretty amazing stuff. That's we have a awesome. Spice wizard and we've got confectioners who can uh, you know make all these great sweets that addict people. We have the evil cheese wizards um, who work in poisons and curses and they are the patrons of lawyers, of course. So don't trigger the uh, cream cheese clause. We'll just put that right <laughs> out there. So anyway, that book is turning out amazing. I'm having so much fun with it. As if nothing else, you're obviously having fun, which means we will have fun reading it too. I sure hope so. so. It's all, That's I mean, cool. it's funny and the names are silly, um, uh -huh. but it's its going to be a huge, intense, epic adventure where they're, you know, they're slinging around exploding muffins and bacon and, uh -huh. you know, cheese curses and all this stuff in a very epic way. It, it'll leave you crying. That's um, awesome. spice in your eye, you know, it does <laughs> The Spice Wizards can do some crazy things. I bet. I bet. Just a little pepper makes me sneeze. So, yeah, yeah I would yeah. be very vulnerable to the Spice powers. Uh -huh. That's mm -hmm. right. That's right. So, um, working on that right now. That's so fun. <laughs> um, Tara says it's a giant food fight. Yes. Yeah, it could yes. be. And, Definitely. Uh, we're gonna it makes me wonder it. what's destroying the world, though. I'm very curious. I yeah. do have to read this. Don't tell me. It's going to be crazy, I'm, let me I'm tell you. Excited. But we're probably going to, we're going to be doing some artwork to go with it soon and probably doing a Kickstarter later in the summer. Oh, that's to, cool. Uh, try to have a lot of fun with it. Um, so more to come. That's it's awesome. going to be great. I'm super yeah. excited about it. You'll have to let us know and I'll share it on our page so okay. people know when it's happening. Do. That would be cool. Um, so let's see. We have, we've been having so much fun. I think we are ready for our lightning round. You ready for the lightning round? Absolutely. These, Brilliant. these are the most important questions we ask. All right, are we ready? Ready. Where would you like to vacation? 
Next, uh, Ireland. Oh, good choice. What is the best thing you have ever, or at least recently, eaten? Oh, that's a good question. We did this bacon wrap, like bacon wrapped uh, whole chicken. That was amazing. Ever do a bacon weave? I have, but I usually do it like with pork. Like we do it with a lot of pork. So with like pork loins, it's too dry. But I've never tried a chicken. My son has a cookbook, all bacon cookbook that we're starting to get into. And uh, it's awesome. He wants to be the superhero. I may channel some of that into Wimple because Mm -hmm. uh, he needs good bacon recipes. I love that. I love that. Um, what Actually, is your I think favorite... my shirt has bacon. Oh, no, I didn't wear the bacon shirt. Sorry. Oh, no, different shirt. That's oh, all good. What is your favorite flavor of ice cream? That's boring for anyone else, but good for me. Vanilla. It had like... to happen. It had to happen, yep. Frank. I think you're our first. And considering yep. all the stuff you just told us about you right, um, I would not have guessed vanilla, just for the record. So, like, classic vanilla bean. Mm-hmm is awesome and then you put stuff in it um i'd say my second choice is ben and jerry's coconut almond fudge chip oh they don't make that one a lot anymore but when i can get it Mm -hmm. um the world just has to stop for a while i had a coconut almond chocolate um creamer i put in my coffee and i was like oh (laughs) it's like drinking a candy bar and i can write this is like magic i must have more you're just like, give me the cream or hold the coffee, right? <laughs> no, I need the caffeine or I can't write. Um, so can zombies climb? That's a good question. If it's a zombie uh, spider, I think it could. Okay. All right. If it's How about a, regular, a zombie human? If it's a regular zombie human, I'd say no. Oh, it's a Steven one. There you go. We have if a divided crowd. Like in like that. a World War Z kind of zombie where they're like, super enhanced zombies and those are cool but i can those are kind of a different kind of zombie or what's the one with will smith those zombies were pretty intense too the legend i am legend i am legend yeah that was a freaky movie whoa that was a freaky movie very well i'm not sure if they were zombies or vampires it was very confusing but i was a fan of the first few seasons of the uh what's the zombie tv show walking dead walking dead and then i kind of got away with from it but uh (laughs) Well, that was days, me I too. need to get back to it. Great, great show. So when yeah. I think zombies, I think Walking Dead zombies. That's just me. Yeah, see, for uh, right, that's I think most of us think. But I think with the the Walking Dead, it was when the good guys were becoming the bad guys. Then I wasn't interested anymore. Like yeah. you said, life's hard enough, right? I need some kind yeah. of something to cling on to. It can all these horrible things can be happening, but there has to mm-hmm. be something. And then when the good guys were becoming the bad guys and I didn't know which way was which, I'm like, you know what? That's great. I know this is realistic, mm-hmm. but it's not fun for me. So I'm out. Right. Right. <laughs> and in my books, sometimes I play with the question of who are the real bad guys. Mm-hmm. But our heroes, we know, or our main characters are trying to be good guys. Right. You know, and they may be finding out that mm-hmm. different governments or different you know, legends or something may be false or they may mm-hmm. be getting fed misinformation, but they're trying their best to be good guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's generally what I tend to write about, are people trying to become good people. And in right. the new book, Almost Heroes, mm-hmm. I think people relate to that, not just because of the humor, but because these are people thrown into situations they're not really prepared to handle, but they need to choose to try to become heroic mm-hmm. because people count on them. So, 
Now's your chance. That's like just us regular people watching movies thinking we could totally be the hero. Well, now's your chance, can you? That's right. That's right. You could be Aragorn. That's right. Go run 300 leagues. I'll see you when you get back. I'm already out. Okay. Um, so who is your favorite band or musician? Oh, good question. I like listening to music, but I'm terrible at remembering bands. Um, one of my favorites is Linkin Park. Good choice. And I would say that because their song Numb mm-hmm. is the theme song for Set in Stone in my head. How clever. I don't have theme songs for my books. I should do that. So that one, if if it becomes big enough that we want to make a movie or something, I'd totally love to make that song like in the soundtrack somewhere. It's nice. You're like, we must license this one. Get it. Get the contract. Yeah. Uh, what part of your daily routine is an absolute must? Sleeping. <laughs> you know, I'm like, that's not one of mine. So, okay. so yeah, I like, I like sleeping. I like to eat a couple uh-huh. times a day at least. Uh-huh. Um, but things that must happen. Um, that's a good question. Cause I got a lot of different stuff going on, but a day is definitely a good day when I can, de- when I can work on my, on a story, like actually writing a book. Sometimes I'm I'm editing, sometimes I'm writing first drafts, but you know, some days I'm doing marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, some days I'm doing other things. I'm doing one of my mm-hmm. other jobs or, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. And I don't get to write either a new chapter or edit an existing chapter. And those days are kind of dark and dreary. Um, so yeah, got to write. I feel you. That's awesome. And so today, normally we give, uh, we have a giveaway and someone wins, but you have something even better for everyone. So can you tell them what it is that you have for our awesome listeners? I will. But after a long discussion, I keep thinking I should be giving away bacon or something, right? (laughs) Um, Maybe if they leave reviews. (laughs) That's right. I'll mail you some. Yeah. It'll be in a frame though. Don't eat it. Don't, don't. Yeah. I'll, I'll eat some for you. So anyway, uh, For kind of in celebration for what we're doing here, it, I set on Amazon the ebook for Set in Stone, which is book one of my Petula series. The ebook is free uh, today and for the next couple of days. Um, so go grab a copy uh, on me. That'd be great. There you and go. Also, uh, if anyone is interested in signing up for my readers group, uh, you get a couple emails from me, welcome you to the group, and you get links to try. Not only set in stone for free as an ebook, but also saving face uh, from my face takers for free. So you can try both of my series uh-huh. at no risk to yourself. Um, and then you just need to understand that you will be addicted and you'll have to buy all the rest. That's the way uh, it works. That's okay. No one's ever complained. <laughs> Never. 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 No Never. one complains to writers ever. Zafo, are you going to share the link? If I'll put the link up for you, so it'll be nice and easy for you to click on it. Perfect. That's great. Y'all sample these books. They are so awesome. There you go. Frankmorin.org, readers group site. So if y'all just go to that one. Um, and for anyone listening on your podcast, um, I will put that in the um, show notes. So you can grab that link from the show notes so that you can Perfect. get on and get some Frank, man. So you were awesome. So Frank, um, so that's one place they can go is to your readers group, but where else can fans go to find you and your work? 
Um, I'm online everywhere. So you can go to my webpage if you want to order uh, signed paperbacks or hardcovers or signed ebooks. Mm-hmm. Um, signed ebooks? So you can get signed <laughs> I'm e-books, nodding actually. and then it all hit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you actually can get signed ebooks from my website. What? It's the only place you can get signed ebooks. Um, get the signature page right in there. It's awesome. Oh, gotcha. So, cool. And I'm on Amazon, and the first three of the Petrolist books are audio on Audible, and they're amazing, uh, and in other audio vendors, actually. And uh, some of my books are out wide. The face takers are out wide kind of everywhere. And the Petrolist right now are pretty much just my webpage or Amazon. Um, or you can order the physical copies and stuff through Amazon or any of the other online retailers can access them and order copies for you. And if you want signed copies, you can get them from me. Sweet. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. So now that Frank is your new favorite author, please make sure to review his work. You can also review us wherever it is you get your podcast. You can also follow on Twitch or subscribe on YouTube to keep up with all of our awesome interviewees. And next week we have uh, Gama Martinez on. So Frank knows Gama. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited. I just started it, so I'm very excited about that. So, um, yep, yeah, we have Gamma on next week. And thank you very much, and we'll see you then. <laughs>